0: Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. To find out more, check out our website at Trinity Reformed Kirk.com. That's Trinity Reformed K-I-R-K.com. Our passage that we're gonna look at is from First Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 8, which says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. This morning as we prepare to confess our sins, <clears throat> I want to invite you to think about Satan and his role in the world. So who is Satan and what is his role? Whenever we see Satan in scripture, he's either lying or accusing or, ma- or doing both, making false accusations. We're told in Revelation that there is a accuser of the brethren who accuses them day and night before our God. We see Satan in Zechariah's vision at the right hand of the angel of the Lord, accusing Josiah the high priest, or excuse me, Joshua the high priest. This is the chief work of Satan, the father of lies, bringing false accusations against people and stirring up controversies that end in broken friendships or families or churches. He is called the accuser or our adversary and or the father of lies. So what is this accusation? What what does accusation look like? And why is it so destructive or effective? Well, we've established that accusation is the language of Satan. Uh, Accusation comes, though, in many forms. In Genesis, Satan's accusation are subtle lies and insinuations. In Job, Satan accuses God of making it too easy on Job. And that uh, he lies and claims that Job will curse God to his face if he were to uh, remove his family and his possessions. In John 8, Jesus explains that the Pharisees will seek to kill Jesus because they are of their father, the devil, who is a murderer and the father of lies. Accusation is a kind of contagion that spreads and can sweep up an entire community of people. The most obvious example uh, is the mob crying out for Christ's blood. But Jesus tells the Pharisees that they are the culmination of the generations all the way back to Cain murdering Abel those who falsely accuse the prophets and the apostles and murder them in all of these examples we see the same pattern false accusation a mob and then an innocent uh, the innocent person is killed Christ came to defeat this satanic pattern in the world but it is still a powerful force amongst Christians something i've observed personally several times is this a power of accusation to completely derail somebody who's walking faithfully. One moment they're humble and contrite before the Lord, and the next thing you know they hear somebody has lied or gossiped about them or accused them of something, and immediately that humility goes right out the window. When accused, we all tend to do this. We bow up and we get defensive. More often than not, uh, we're not just defensive. We actually go on the offensive, and we launch a counter-accusation. Accusation begets more accusation. When you're accused, your flesh doesn't want to receive the accusation with humility. Your flesh wants to deny the accusation and turn the accusation around on the accuser, and it becomes a, a vicious cycle. And this, and in this, we can see that accusation is a satanic force in the world, even in our homes and in our churches. Christ, on the other hand, is our advocate. 1 John 2, 1 says, if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, the righteous one. Christ is our advocate, our defense attorney, pleading our case at the right hand of the Father. And Christ sends another advocate, the Holy Spirit, to help us. That Greek word paraclete, uh, which is often translated as comforter, um, it literally means defense attorney. And the ESV translate it as, uh, translates it as the advocate. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're doing the work of the Spirit, you're doing the work of the advocate. Proverbs 10, uh, 10, 12 sums this uh, difference between the satanic spirit of accusation and spirit-filled approach uh, to conflict uh, this way. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. God is love and covers sin. Satan hates God and his image bearers, and he stirs up strife through accusation. So how do we do this? How do we participate in accusation? Few of us go around making formal, you know, accusations against people. A few of us are are calling the police frequently to to, uh, 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 file a police report on somebody or, or going to the church to make formal accusations. But remember, Satan is roaming around like a lion, seeking someone to devour. Parents, we see it in our children. That eagerness in our children to tattle is satanic we need to teach our children to be loyal to their siblings and to seek to help them escape from sin. Far too often with our mouths, we tell our kids not to tattle, but with our actions, we reward their tattling and give them exactly what their sinful hearts want when they tattle, punishment of the accused. And worse, we model accusation ourselves through gossip. Our flesh loves to hear a juicy new piece of gossip. And savors it like a sweet morsel Proverbs 18 8 says the words of the whisperer are like a delicious morsel they go down into the inner parts of the body but we need to recognize this for what it is it's getting swept up in the spirit of accusation we're enlisted by Satan to spread accusation and gossip is easy we we know this Uh, it appears like there's no real risk when you're gossiping. It's just speculation. You're not bringing any formal charges against anybody. You're just kind of talking about it. And there's also this upside where when you gossip, you appear to to your friends as being kind of in the know. Uh, You get to feign this godliness or this this righteous offense over the sin that you've heard about, uh, someone else committing, which scores you some brownie points, let's be honest. So how should, we, how should we respond to accusation? How should we deal with accusation in the church? In Ephesians 6, we're told how we might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil and extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. There's a lot to be said here, uh, but this morning we'll just look at two key ways to respond to accusation. The first is to apply Matthew 18. In Matthew 18, Jesus tells us what we're to do when we're sinned against. We are to first go to the brother who has who's sinned against us. If we're unsuccessful, then we take a friend or two so that we can establish the case by the witness of two or three witnesses. If we're still unsuccessful, then we take it to the church. And finally, if the church is unable to get that person to repent, then they're to excommunicate the person. And if you notice, uh, Matthew 18 seeks to involve as few people as possible. It seeks to preserve the accused reputation. By going to the person themselves first, you are maximizing the potential to communicate clearly and get to the heart of the problem. Unlike satanic accusation, Matthew 18, at every step, the goal is restoration and repentance. But how often do we actually follow this this process that the Lord's given us? We're afraid to take even the very first step by going to our brother directly because we're afraid of conflict. We are, as Lewis says, men without chests. So instead of going to our brother, we gossip. We actually turn Matthew 18 on its head by talking to other people about this sin instead of going to the person who sinned. We say we're afraid of conflict, but somehow we're not afraid of gossip. But we should be very afraid of the unchecked destruction that this form of satanic accusation leads to. James calls the tongue a world of evil, setting your life on fire and your tongue uh, itself was set on fire by hell, Satan. If our tongues can be a satanic fire and gossip spreads the fire, then Christians, I urge you to resolve to make your lips a firewall. Proverbs 12:8 says, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Use your tongue to bring healing, to halt the spread of satanic accusation in your home and in our church community. The second way to respond to accusation is to put on the armor of God. When Satan attacks God's people with accusations, whether those accusations are whispered in your ear or they come from a family member or they come from a church member or from from someone outside of the church, we are not left to fend for ourselves or to try and fight fire with fire. We have been equipped for this fight with the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, and for shoes, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. If you meditate on each of these items in Ephesians 6, you'll see how each of these can be powerful against accusations. But I'll just quickly touch on the helmet of salvation. Romans eight thirty three says, "'Who shall bring any charge against God's elect?' It is God who justifies. In Psalm 133 says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? No one, dear brothers and sisters, can bring a charge against God's elect, except for God. And the good news is that our Lord does not mark the iniquities of his chosen people. This knowledge is a powerful weapon against accusation. When accused of something false, we can cheerfully respond, You don't even know the half of it. I'm so much worse than you know. But thank God I'm forgiven. Thanks for listening. To find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com.